It's time to chat with me, Kamea, and me, Rose. On this show, we have courageous conversations that illuminate shared experiences related to food and gender. We are here to help folks digest their relationship to food. In today's episode, we talk about kitchen witches, witchcraft, and Halloween. Eye of Newt, Toe of Frog, Wing of Bat, Tongue of Dog, Adler's Fork, Blind Worm Sting, Barbota's Lime is just the thing, Frag of Salt like a sailor's stubble, Flip the switch and let the cauldron bubble. Hi Rose. Hey Kamea. So, uh, why did the witch give up fortune telling? <laughs> I don't know. Tell me. Because she didn't see a future in it. Aww. That's efficient. That's some efficient Is it efficient magic. or is it just like sad? Like where you do a tarot reading and you're like, fuck this. I guess it depends on what you're asking it. I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> when was the last tarot reading you did? I did one last week. I'm not very good. I'm very, very basic when it comes to tarot. Like, But you're just reading yourself mostly. Yeah, I just read myself. Yeah. I, I didn't actually get a tarot deck until the start of quarantine when I had a lot of emotions going on and a lot was happening in the world and I got curious about tarot. I mean, something that had been in my family before, um, but I didn't really pay it much attention. Um, but... I got a deck at the start of quarantine and I had other ones, but this was a tool for me to just sit with one emotion. Mm -hmm. So I would like sit on the floor and I would just be like, what is one thing I need to focus on? And then I would pull out a card and then read the message from the book about like what that card was about. And then I would think about like, how is that applying and then journal on it. And then it was really helpful for me in that sense. And then over the last year I did a little bit more like okay I'm gonna do I mean we've done some of these together actually right before quarantine we did one together I was gonna say we did one past present and future and it predicted me getting married it did and it totally happened it totally happened I think tarot cards are really fun way to even get to know your friends like every time I read myself or my partner or you and a very small handful of other people it's this weird little window you get to look into well, yeah, it's, it's a very intimate look into mm-hmm. how they're reacting, what are they receiving, what's coming through for them. And I mean, you, tarot to me is just a tool to get past some of the noise and listen better to myself or to the things around me. And I do think, I mean, getting into more of like the spiritual side of things, I think there's a lot that I interpret that I can't like physically comprehend in my like physical brain and like put thoughts to and so tarot can be helpful for tuning into all of those feelings all the ways in which let my antennas or my intuition or whatever you want to call it all the little hairs in the back of my neck are standing up all those other things that Mm -hmm. I'm interpreting because there's only so much of our brain that we use yeah I I I see it as a tool but I think it's a really fun tool and also I don't know I feel like I try to respect it a lot because it is seen, at least I've seen it in certain ways of like almost this party trick that you do with your friends. And I'm like, 
sure, yeah, that's fun, but also, like, this is, like, a real thing with its own history, and, um, yeah, but in terms of spooky season, is there anything else that you have been super excited about? Have you watched any scary movies, or... I don't watch scary movies. The world is scary enough for me. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I, I use it. I, you I like Halloween movies. I love Halloween, but I can't get into any kind of violence porn. I can't get, like, I, I mean. What's the farthest you go? In terms of darkness? Like, yeah, like scary movies, like Halloween movies. Like, what's the, what are, what's, what's one that you were like, mm, nope, 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 don't want that one um or I guess maybe opposite what's the ones that you were like yeah I love those movies I mean I like a nightmare before Christmas that's classic I love that I wasn't allowed to watch Hocus Pocus as a kid why um well I think I mean I haven't actually asked my mom but my mom put a lot of effort into shielding me from um bad depictions of witches to the best of her ability i know that now with kind of an adult lens of like oh i wasn't allowed to watch this i wasn't allowed to watch that interesting that's kind of oh, cool but, like that's a pattern yeah well because witches are completely depicted as these awful terrible evil people but for what yeah for what for wanting to be by themselves for, for figuring it out on their own DIYing to the extreme <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah old alone I don't know the old crone comes to my mind as like a negative thing but it wasn't until I got into more adult world that like the crone is actually like a really beautiful like thing in yeah. in your lifetime as a woman but that's interesting I feel like I watched a lot of witch stuff like, I loved Hocus Pocus as a kid. My mom wasn't necessarily like, trying to shield me from what it sounds like your mom was kind of trying to do. But even then, I even though the witches in Hocus Pocus are, like, evil, I still wanted to be one of them. They're you my You wanted to be one of the women who ate the children. Yeah. They were fun and cool, and they had a community and friends, and I wanted that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch Hocus Pocus this week. It was ridiculous. It's so good. I also feel like maybe as a child, my baby feminist self was like, I like the idea of sewing a man's mouth shut. Wow. Yeah. I think they're amazing. The Sanderson sisters are my favorite. I tried, I lobbied really hard this week to get one of, um, we just came out with a new cocktail menu for the fall. Mm-hmm. And I lobbied real hard to call one of, it's kind of like a margarita thing. And it's, um, it has a turmeric liqueur in it. So it's bright, like orangey yellow nice and then it has chili threads as a garnish so it looks kind of like a spider on the top and then initially we did lava salt which is black as the salt rim it's like a margarita and i was like we need to call it the sanderson sisters margarita my that's fucking dope thank you thank you my friend house manager didn't fully get it but he also hasn't seen the movie and he's also probably not as a diehard witch fan as i am so fair but guess what i did get it to be named what it's the midnight margarita nice yeah from practical magic because that is the best witch movie of all well see and that i was allowed to watch as a kid which some people would argue is actually kind of dark but i mean the women in it are just like doing their thing and then a man abuses them and they go fuck you and they bury him and they didn't even really try to kill him it was just he was being an asshole and she happened to overdose him with yeah what was it belladonna she just wanted him to go to sleep and they're like oh shit whoops oops yeah also she was trying to do it while driving that's actually one reason why i really am attracted to 
Tiger's Eye is because I remember that scene where Nicole Kidman's character is being like saved by her sister from this abusive man and then she stops and is like no I need to go back into this room because I forgot my tiger's eye it protects me and so I have a tiger's eye in my purse all the time (laughs) that's my little witchiness (laughs) it can't hurt it can't hurt what's too and she forgot it and then all this shit went down yeah and look at that and then they spilt the belladonna it was this whole thing and then they have to bury him and then rose anyway fantastic movie love that movie fantastic Um, movie (laughs) practical magic is the best movie go watch it if you haven't already i feel like i'm a kitchen witch and i feel like you're a kitchen witch but how would you define that so i didn't know about the term kitchen witch until you gifted me a bag that you stenciled that said kitchen witch that i did for christmas and when i like got my like christmas package and that was in it i remember feeling like i had received just like the biggest compliment and i had actually never seen the term before really yeah because i'm old that's funny (laughs) and uh yeah i was just like oh i am my kitchen witch like that's so cool and i love this and then I started using it as an experiment in some of my Instagram posts, especially when I was talking about like herbalism and, you know, making my various potions. But also I didn't start using the term potions until like my partner, now husband, like offhandedly was just like, you and all your potions. And I was like, that is what I'm doing. Yes. That is absolutely what I'm doing because I have all these like things infusing and tinctures and bitters and like they have different energies and I harvest them at different times and I do a lot of like forging. But this is like taken me years to cultivate a practice. But what I see in more of like the TikTok culture, the people that approach me on Instagram when I'm like hashtag kitchen witch because I'm infusing an oil with rose petals and then I like add a comment about like use this in future self-love rituals and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden I have way more engagement people are like wait what are you talking about instead of it being this conversation about like how do I do that and like wilting your flowers before putting it in the oil so like you don't add additional moisture so you get a better infusion like all that information was lost and everyone wants to talk about the like yeah apothecary and the aesthetic and can you show me pictures of your cupboard and I'm like my cupboard's dirty it's just like stacks of things and it's like it's it's tolerated by my partner but occasionally the amount of like jars that I have like kind of annoys him but then he's impressed when I like pop out and be like oh you have a cough you need this I have all the things it's funny because the kitchen witch thing or I guess just witches in general it's so trendy right now I mean you've talked about this a lot but it feels in a way less cool to me because now it's an aesthetic now like even this morning when I was looking for music and I was like I have no idea what I want to listen to well it's it's the witch day so I typed into Spotify like witches music and immediately like a playlist that was like no yeah and it just pops up is it any good it was like not bad i enjoyed it i listened to it the whole time until i came over here i think that's part of what annoys me about like modern witch culture is i'm like fuck you like this has taken me years yeah it's just funny to me like even some other women in my life that i never would have thought like are just like all of a sudden into it and they all are like referring to themselves as witches and they're their friend groups as their coven and and all of this like I do support because I think it's a really like cool movement and like but it feels kitschy 
I think it is kitschy. I think it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, rooted in a lot of like desires, but then we live in a capitalistic patriarchal society that uses it to encourage us to buy things to help soothe our feelings. Right. But it also could be very empowering. Like Coven's, the whole idea is that you're talking about things not related to men. Yeah. Right? You're not talking about your relationships. You're talking about things you want to make, create. I mean, maybe you're talking about your relationships. Love spells are a thing. But, like... They're a thing. The Kitchen Witch itself was a real artifact in Scandinavia. That was really? this, Like, in medieval times, they would make these dolls, and it would be called a Kitchen Witch. Okay. And the the idea was... Sometimes it would have, like, a prayer pinned to her chest, her bustier, her boobs i don't know what they made them out of there were different versions her but essentially titties. yeah her little straw titties but um the idea was that as long as she was in the kitchen she was warding off evil spirits and particularly like sprites and fairies oh from yeah. like all of the crazy shit that's going on in a kitchen i mean you work in a kitchen you do a lot of cooking you know, like, you get distracted and your pot boils over, something burns, something, like, a lot mm-hmm. of things can go wrong, and the idea was that you would make this doll and, like, have it in your home to ward off the spirits that would, like, that makes sense. do yeah. mischievous shit while your back was turned because, like, your child ran in the room and then your, like, stew boiled over or, like, whatever. So the idea was that it was this charm. But sometimes they would actually hide her and just, like, put her, like, in a cupboard so that people didn't know she was there. But the family would know that she was there. Do you know what this is reminding me of? And it's making me laugh a lot in my brain. What? Is the elf on the shelf. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't, my brain didn't go there at all. Yeah. See, the elf on the shelf makes me think of more of, like, a surveillance state and teaching children to just, like, be okay with being surveyed. But... That's it. Whoa, I never <laughs> thought about that. And I like that a lot. You do? I think it's fucking terrifying. No, I mean, I like it as in, like, that's, yeah, that's, I don't want that shit around my kids. I mean, but it is. It is. It's so popular. It's also really fucking cute. But I like it because it's creepy, but I hate the concept of it. So now I'm going to educate myself. Thank you. And I'm not going to do it. <laughs> going, we don't need to go down the rabbit hole of like fairy lore, but I think that makes a ton of sense to me that people would have had these little totems in a way to ward off well it's symbolism yeah it's symbolism it's a talisman it's an intention Mm -hmm. um it's It's a good luck charm it is and there was a lot of things that people didn't understand that they would blame on fairies and sprites and Mm -hmm. things that are causing mischief and harm in your home and so if it's like one of those like well can't hurt like i'm sure some people like really believed in them and i'm sure some people were also like can't hurt like you were talking about your tiger's eye yeah why not? Why not? Can't hurt. Also, in general, I, I, I'm a big believer in manifestation. And I think if even if it is just like a – I just believe that this thing does this for me. Like some sort of positiveness will come out of it. Not necessarily will it stop me from walking in front of a bus and I'll die. But like it might bring me some joy in my day. And that's good. <laughs> so – well, the other thing that comes up when you look for kitchen witches pre like TikTok times, oh god, um, is just this idea of like hedge witches, and they're kind of interchangeable. And it's somebody who um, we mentioned it a little bit in our uh, episode on the domestic kitchen. How there is in some homes, it's more of like a sacred place, yeah. And in that case, that's where the hedge witch comes in, where she's pulling in things from her garden. 
she's cooking medicine and food for her family for her home she's putting things away for later she's setting intentions for prosperous winters that takes a lot of education and like passed down education like yeah. um and that's where women empowering women because it's typically women's jobs thanks to the patriarchy and domesticity but um I think it's really fascinating. I don't know. I've always been really attracted to witches and I have too. witchcraft as a young. Yeah. But um, the witch herself is usually depicted as a woman. What do you, when you think of a witch and like how we were raised and like what you were exposed to, I guess more so in like our generation, what do you imagine? On a personal level, that's a very interesting question Mm -hmm. um, based on my upbringing. But I will share in this moment, um, when you just Google the definition of a witch, what comes up? Witch, a woman thought to have magical powers, especially evil ones, popularly depicted as wearing a black cloak and pointed hat and flying on a broomstick. That's the definition. Yeah. Which is like a very fantasy storybook. Yeah, it makes me think of like the Wicked Witch of the West from like The Wizard of Oz, which I think came out in 1939. Yeah. When I think of witch, listening to that definition, the first image that comes to me is the witch in Snow White with the cloak. Didn't really have the pointy hat, but her hood was kind of pointy. And she had the face of that classic witch that we see with the big nose and skinny old, very warty face. Um but then as obviously my brain continues to flex and do its thing, then I'm like, oh, I think of practical magic. I think of Hocus Pocus. I think it's interesting that you bring up Hocus Pocus because even the focus of their characters is still on youth and the whole point of like them consuming the children is for this glorified like needing the youth. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's very interesting when I think about the witches from like Disney stories and how they're depicted like, oh, only bad witches are ugly. Like the worst thing you can possibly be is totally fine on your own these are usually like i've never seen a witch with a husband no they never they they usually have a pet of some kind yeah but that's it or a partner or their garden of souls well now you're just straight up talking about ursula she's my favorite um but doesn't want a garden of souls it's like okay there's a sisterhood of some kind it's like ants like there's a crazy ants that live together that was the same with sabrina the teenage witch but that was also the case with like practical magic they went to go live with these ants these two sisters that lived together and they didn't have other partners aside from themselves and they're related and, and they don't they share a household and they're a team in that way but they don't have they don't rely on men yeah there's no men in that picture they take care of themselves they raise the kids um the home the garden all of those things and they're just fine on their own like that's the worst thing you can be what a witch and they usually have a cat yeah what's wrong with cats cats are and like we use amazing. that in modern times to insult people like you're gonna you're gonna be alone with your cats mm-hmm. and the crazy cat like and but like, yeah, it kind of hurts your feelings, but does. you're also like, but my cat doesn't talk to me like you just talked to me. So, like, that doesn't sound so bad. No. I was going to say, I think when it, it kind of goes into the culture of, like, if you don't if you don't bear a child, like, you're almost, like, youth, youth, useless <laughs> in, in society. I don't mean to make fun of you. It's no, I don't. Because you like, haven't had that much wine. Useless. <laughs> useless. Um, 
but it's just, it's just weird. It's like, again, I think it, it depicts this woman of like, if you don't have a husband or a man to take care of you, then you have to at least have a child that will then also take care of you when you become this old crone and maybe need more assistance and help. And if you don't have that, it's like this oddity in the world, which is just problematic in its own because... Yeah, but it's a lot of leaps from, like, you're doing fine on your own. Like, that doesn't make any sense. You're a witch that worships the devil. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the whole, like, with Hocus Pocus and there's other fictional things um, about eating babies, like. Cue that. I know we're so, go there. It's a weird thing to say. I've said this a lot today, eating babies. Those those words a lot today. Um but with Hocus Pocus, like, it's such a part of the movie where they're they're consuming this child, these children, and that's their goal to become youthful, which is just totally helping out the beauty industry because, God forbid, we're not American beauty or culturally, like, beautiful. Um, even in, like, Hansel and Gretel, which kind of the same thing. It's the kids lost in the woods, and then they find the cabin, and they find this woman who's living alone, and she eats the children (laughs) and we can go on and on about it but um I did a little research on that if you're curious because I think that's on eating babies (laughs) (laughs) yes like this was a how-to you have a recipe you're about to spew right now no I could that's a whole different thing I could talk about a different time different form of cannibalism um my so you have recipes (laughs) (laughs) yeah recipes for shot for veal and lamb sure (laughs) i got you there um but i did find some interesting history that kind of makes sense in terms of like the stories that came after that so after the witch trials no this was before the witch trials but like the stories that came out like hansel and gretel I mean, I guess Hocus Pocus is a little newer, but like you know, you get. I mean, you get it's my a, drift. it's definitely a storyline. It uh, is a storyline. Like, it's repeats. also a thing in like Stardust where she like tries to consume the exactly. youthful energy. And, exactly. Yeah. The year of thirteen fourteen, there was a great famine in the Baltic regions, and basically, a volcano got really upset and erupted or whatnot, and it created this little climate change issue <laughs> in thirteen fourteen. And they dealt with a mini ice age kind of a thing. There was a ton of rumors in this area for cannibalism was happening. And, I mean, you can imagine, like, we just went through the pandemic last year, which is still here, where the grocery stores were, like, empty. And people were getting weird. People were getting, like, aggressive in the stores. We witnessed that just on a very, very, very baby, baby scale of just people getting weird with the lack of food options. Mm -hmm. So, like, imagine having, like, your crops are dying all your grain storage is fucked over, like everything's fucked up. And people were obviously like going to extremes to feed themselves when that comes to murdering people for whatever food that they had in their homes, eating dogs. Another thing that I had read that was pretty common is parents would just abandon their children because they couldn't afford to feed them and there was nothing to do and they were in a full state of emergency. And again, this is a very long time ago. Hence, Hansel and Gretel just are abandoned by their parents and they just waddle off into the forest and find the first house they find but yeah essentially this was like this is a real thing and this is just one little story i just think it's interesting that it ties back to specifically i felt like with hansel and gretel because it's like these are kids that are dealing with tragedy starvation like 
abandonment. Like, what are they going to do? They're going to go to the first person. And it's a woman living by herself. And what I would imagine, due to society, that this woman is going to, like, bring me in and take care of me. And what does she end up doing? She's like, cook that little boy and use the little girl for a little slave. And everything's fine. My life is great. And then I'll eventually probably eat the little girl when I get hungry again. It's just fucking creepy. I feel like it's very uncomfortable. But I don't know. You said, what did you say earlier today? That, um, yeah, I that was, really was cool. interested in why is it that the worst thing that you can be is old, a woman, and by yourself, and then therefore ugly, like, as just, like, a description, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I did find an NPR article that was just like, oh, women are often depicted as, like, ugly and, like, in these witchy states because um, it's just tapping into your childhood fear that the woman in your life, usually a mother or grandmother, has the ultimate power over you. So, like, she is the scariest force in your life. Is that why in, like, kinks and sexuality things you want to be called daddy and not mommy ever? Because you know, you, a woman it, they didn't has a little bit more power. in the NPR article <laughs> at all. <laughs> and this is funny when you know, people are like, oh, NPR is, like, so liberal. I'm like, NPR is pretty vanilla. Well, you know where uh, the whole, like, witches riding on broomsticks thing comes from? I don't. What? You don't at Mm -hmm. all? I actually really don't. That's so interesting. I have theories, but I don't know. What I was told was that women would administer herbs that would give them hallucinogenic trips vaginally and use their broomstick to, like, get it up in there. So they would literally ride their broomsticks and then take trips. They were riding their broomsticks to go on trips. And men were jealous because they can't do that. That's so cool. Sorry, you just made me think about that with the whole kink culture. Definitely need to fact that. check that. But that's where that's my understanding of the like writing on broomsticks. Like, I where that feel comes like we from. do need to fact check this because <laughs> I hope to God that's real. Like you're definitely not going to look at your broom the same way. Also, I hope they sanitize that broom. They definitely did not. The vaginas are magic. They are. They're self cleaning ovens, but and that's amazing. <laughs> they're self cleaning. <laughs> They are. Tell me how they're not. The shit that goes up in there. We're good. Yeah, I think the bun in the oven. Nope. Self-clean. Self-clean, baby. Done. Don't you flip your switch every once in a while and go clean it out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but it is interesting. These, like, wild, crazy stories. When That's it's wild. Like, like, probably a real thing. And then, like, you tell a story about it and now it's just folklore and all of a sudden witches are like riding brooms everywhere and it's also a really feminist thing too like to shove drugs up your vagina well to ride a broom i was thinking of like broad city and her like sneaking weed onto the airplane which i've never done but i would not put myself below (laughs) don't listen airlines i won't actually do that no i won't actually do that um that's funny well I think, I don't know, a part of me, back to eating babies. Because <laughs> that's really why we're don't all Don't want to let that one go. I was going to say, that's why we're all listening right now. Um, through reading a lot, one of the things I read that, like, during the actual witch trials of, like, the 16 to 1700s, 
eating babies as a witch wasn't like that common. Like it wasn't a thing that came up in trials or reasons why they were on trial for being a witch or practicing witchcraft or worshiping the devil. Like that wasn't necessarily a pattern that was coming up, which I think is really interesting. And so part of me is like, was it just brought into like the Disney world because if you didn't have kids, you were maybe had this weird underlying like jealousy because you didn't have kids of your own. But instead of like kidnapping and like adopting, you would like out of anger, like kidnap and then murder these children or consume them in your own way. I know that's a whole other side theory of my thoughts, but um, I did think it was interesting because my, like I said earlier, I was really interested of where like the eating children kind of came into play because I don't understand why. I don't understand cannibalism in general. <laughs> and then children on top of that, I guess, is probably a better choice. When I think of it as like a chef with like meat, the younger the animal, the better the product. Anyways. Well, but it is interesting because we do have just like a weird like disassociation when it comes to like meat culture where you very were like, much. where I made the joke of like, oh, you have recipes. Well, like, yeah, for like veal and yeah. lamb and these younger animals that a lot of people refuse to eat because they're like, I don't want to eat babies. Because it doesn't feel ethical. And that's fine. But I'm like, do you know the age of your chicken that you're eating? Because it's not that much different. Yeah. Or your duck or basically anything poultry. No, like dark farm humor is that people love eating babies. Got it. Also, just like so on vegetables, times. if I call something a baby carrot instead of carrots, I'm definitely more likely to sell it. Baby kale versus kale. Interesting. I never thought about that. It's fascinating. People that is love fascinating. eating babies. People love eating youth because symbolically they become youthfuler and it's healthier and whatever. But wow, I never thought about the vegetable side of things. That's really cool. One thing that I found about eating babies, <laughs> take a shot every time I say the word eating baby babies on this episode. I would be wasted by now. I was going to say, don't do it. Um, sorry, everybody. <laughs> but back also, to that. Also, you didn't introduce the rules of the game. I haven't. Beforehand. Okay, so everyone rewind, count, and just start taking your shots. Don't actually do that. Um, we're not responsible for that. Um, but I found this interesting story that I felt like really bridged into the Hocus Pocus, like, storyline, which this was a few decades before the witch trials really became, like, a problem in the world. Um, there was talk of these three women. Um, they were accused of, the thing I read I thought was funny, slurping down baby soup. Even talking about meat and vegetables, I'm like, maybe this was just really poor communication <laughs> like maybe, maybe it literally was just like mm, baby soup like, yeah right? everything in here is tender and delicious <laughs> and i'm really excited about this soup and then somebody overheard it was like oh my god oh my god so um and they basically were on trial for witchcraft because a 14 year old girl named grace sour butts did you make that up nope this is a real name sour butts sour butts it's her last name S-O-W-E-R-B-U-T-T-S, baby. Sourbutts. I've never heard that as a name. Sourbutts. I've heard of, like, cigarettes going sour. <sighs> nope. Her name is Grace Sourbutts. Sour but. So she was 14, and she um, testified against these three witches in 1612. So it was, like, kind of on the cusp. But basically, she claimed that these women had taken her around the countryside of England, and they made her fornicate with strange black creatures. And Wait, the girl that was testifying was made to do sex That's acts? what she was claiming. She was claiming that these women, like, took her and, like, 
basically drove around. Who knows? Maybe it was a sex trade. Maybe it's not sex positive. Baby soup. I thought we were talking about I'm not done yet. Okay. I'm not done. It's a lot happening. It's a lot lot happening. (laughs) She casually then added that she witnessed one of the sisters break into a nearby house and they proceeded to murder a sleeping baby by sucking the life out of the baby through its navel. Does that not sound like fucking hocus pocus to you or what? Sucking the souls, like going up there and... Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a real thing. So then the baby dies. I'm slightly embellishing this story, but the family mourns the baby. They bury the baby, go through the whole process, and then the witches return and they allegedly dug up the body of the baby and continued to boil it and roast it and saved little bits of its flesh to create their signature flying ointment. And this ointment was said to give witches the ability to fly. And I kid you not, when I was researching witches that eat babies like over and over and over again, it was to not get, make them youthful, but to give them the ability to fly. And one of the things I had read was it, this ointment would also be rubbed on broomsticks which would give the broomstick the ability to fly, which then the witch would ride. I think, maybe not so much after hearing your story about broomsticks, (laughs) but that it's kind of a big fuck you to the domestic world of women and like having to sweep clean and do the domestic life. It's like a big fuck you in the witch world of like, no, I'm going to ride this baby and go where the fuck I want, not sweep your goddamn mess. So kind of interesting, but that one was a surprise to me when I was reading about witch history is that it wasn't anything about youthfulness it was about flying and like basically like building your power up higher isn't that interesting definitely they didn't like brutally kill these kids they just sucked their soul out as one does as one does i mean i read a lot about the witch trials all around the world and it is brutal and really fascinating but um One of the things I read was the closest I could find with, like, the first woman who was executed for being a witch in the United States. So, like, her reasonings were really interesting because as I was reading through them, I'm like, okay, this is actually kind of horrific. Like, listening to the things that she had done and definitely alarming. And it just kind of makes you see and think, like, in the 16 to 1700s, there was so much we didn't know, like, medically – Mm-hmm. And it makes you wonder if this woman was dealing with some severe mental illness or, again, maybe hallucinations because – or even the other people that were accusing this woman, maybe they were dealing with hallucinations. But this woman, if you Google her, I'm sure we'll put her, like, an article about her or whatever in our show notes, but her name is Bridget Bishop. Um, she's said to be the first witch that was executed in the Salem, Massachusetts witch hunts. Um, she was examined due to the accusation of being a witch. Um, and there was five women that basically were like, yeah, this bitch is bewitching me (laughs) and she needs to die. The, one of the girls, Anne, she stated that Bishop was calling upon the devil um, other girls accused her of harming them with just a glance. <laughs> harming them with just a glance. I'm like, that sounds like mean girl shit. <laughs> that sounds like like Why manipulation. You look at me like that? What the fuck are you looking at? It's like, oh, I love your skirt. Hate it. <laughs> um, there was another guy 
William Stacy, he testified that this woman, Bridget, previously made a statement to him that he was she was a witch and that when he confronted her about it, she like completely denied him and was like, no, that's like not what I am. And then he immediately accused her of bewitching him and tormenting him, which she denied. So I would be curious if that was like a flirtation situation or confusion. I don't I don't know. Has witching ever come up in your dating life? Um, I've had men tell me things that like, like I, like, like I've cast a spell in like lack of better word kind of a thing. Oh yeah. That's I feel like that's a thing. Or, um, I feel like not to toot my own horn, but I feel like I get a lot of guys that are like, they like fall in love really quickly and I'm like, not, not really looking for that. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But um, I definitely feel like I've been in different men's lives of this bewitching woman, I guess, in a certain way. Yeah. Do you feel that way? Do I feel that way? So as your friend, I would say yes. <laughs> You're like, don't like me. Don't lie. Uh, yeah. If I just put myself on a fucking pedestal. You I, should do it too. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a pedestal, but it's definitely come up in my dating life where I choose not to talk about it. Same here. So I personally really love the symbol of the pentacle where it's a five-pointed star in a circle. And if you know what it means, it's a really um, powerful protection symbol where it shows your interconnectedness between all four elements, air, earth, fire, water, Mm. any kind of higher power. And then the center of the star is like the human impact between all of these things that come into life. And then the circle is like the thing that unifies all of these. So it's like this reminder that all of these elements and all of your actions kind of impact other people and those things also impact you. And so for me, it's always been a symbol of being connected to everything, more of Mm -hmm. an interdependence with the world, which is not how our capitalistic society works at all. Having those symbols around, I don't wear one anymore because it does make people uncomfortable. It causes weird conversation. I've had... um, at a different point in my life when I was doing direct customer service sales, I had a pentagram, a pentacle fall out of my shirt. Um, you know, I'm in my like professional polo shirt, totally. but it was like tucked in, but then like I bent down for something and it like kind of popped out. Um, it could have been a tit and they would have had a very just popped out you reaction know. and like whatever. But in this case, they like freaked out, sale was done. And then they like proceeded to like, on my lunch break, I found them, like, watching me. Like, they had followed me in this event space. And then I went back to my shift, and they were around the corner, and they were doing, like, I swear to God, an incantation. Like, whoa, saying things to each other. They were, like, waving their fingers at me, like, up and down. And I'm like, how the fuck am I the weird one right now? Like, why am I the scary one? You're being weird. You're doing the things that you think I'm doing. Totally. Totally. But they were praying for me. Interesting. And they they left coins about Jesus in my booth. Yeah. And it was just, it was a weird shift. It was a weird experience. And it was a reminder that it scares people. That me being interested in my interconnectedness to these different traditions and very ancient traditions. Very ancient. Pre-colonial times, which this is not language I had. Like I was 17 when I was on this shift. 
I didn't have any of these terms. I was just like interested in this way of life. Coming back to my dating life, I do remember I had this boy that was very interested in me. We were like text flirting and I told him that I was like going to this concert and I was super excited about it. And he was like, what is it? And I was like, oh, I'm going to see Omnia. And he oh was my like, gosh. What is this? And I was like, oh, they're like, you know, they're a pelt they're a pagan celtic rock band from the uk and they're playing their first concert in the u.s and i'm like totally geeking out that i get to go see them because they like take ancient poetry and old church hymns and like things that i'm like what is this and then put it to like really beautiful pieces of music that's cool and I never heard from him again oh funny I never heard from him again until I saw him years later crossing the street like we crossed a sidewalk where he was going one way and I was going another way across a crosswalk wow and I saw him and our eyes locked and he was with another woman and he jumped and he physically grabbed the other woman by her two shoulders and put her between me and him like dick uh, and then she was like of course confused oh, what like what the doing? fuck are you doing because she was like just walking with this person and i'm sure they were like on a lovely date and that's great i wish him lots of happiness right <laughs> but like stop being weird and all i did was go like i'm gonna listen to this dorky band because i think it's kind of cool and i'm 17 and i like being weird and, oh that's funny like but it's so it's just like a hint of this scares people it's just funny because i feel like I don't know, especially reading about the witch trials. I'm like, we've come so far because, like, if we still lived in that time, I think you and I and, like, many other women that I know, probably you can say the same, would be fucking dead right now because we're too opinionated, we're too educated, we're too weird. We're interested in things that maybe are more taboo. And I think, like, back to Bridget Bishop for a second, um... One of the other things that they talked about was that this to me just like mimics such like a Hollywood movie of the witch trials. But it said during the trial, anytime Bishop would look upon one of those that she supposedly tortured by her witchness, like by bewitching them, they would immediately be struck down. And the only way they'd be revived is by her touch. This is like literally like documents about her trial. And do I... Do I believe in witches and witchcraft and I have a relationship with that? Yes. Do I believe that happened? No. (laughs) Not at all. I believe in hysteria. I believe in fear, doing weird things to people. Yeah. But I don't think that she necessarily had the power to, like, get them to drop to the ground and unable to revive without her touch. Like, that's just – I don't believe that in Christianity. I don't believe that in any other religion. Like, I just don't. Like, I don't think that's real. It just reminds me of, like, the game telephone that you'd play as a child where uh-huh. you're, like, you say one sentence and then it, like, goes down the line. And by the time you're at, like, the fifth person, yeah. you're, like, wait, she looked at them and they're dead? Like, that doesn't make what? any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Well, and another thing I thought was really funny is because talking about, like, just the ridiculousness of this time and how they were they were full-blown looking for reasons to execute somebody because out of fear which is also terrifying anybody trying to navigate through fear is a terrifying situation um i feel like we're seeing that a little bit even now today but during her sentencing she 
was examined by some women that were on the jury and they found a third nipple and that was a sign that was considered witchcraft and so they examined her again to get like 100% yep check that off and the third nipple was gone so apparently it was there and then it wasn't there whatever like was Um, it just like a wart who knows I don't know I didn't see it maybe maybe it was a bruise I don't know People are fearful and they're, it's like, again, when you're scared and you're looking for like a thing, also, when you're you going to find you just it. get like weird skin shit. Yeah. So, well, that's another thing. What's crazy is there's the whole mark of the devil thing. And part of it was like they were searching for like scratches from the devil or bruising from the devil. And clearly that is not a common thing that you find or nor can you prove it that it was from this entity, the devil. Or this evil entity. And are you just looking for like scratches and bruises? Because I do physical labor outside. And like if you examined me, you'd be like, oh shit. And if nobody was with you when you like got scratched by a blackberry bush, like who's going to believe you it was a blackberry bush? Like that's literally the life these people were living, which is crazy. But one of the things that they like added as like these marks, they would count warts, hence the warts of witches that we see on their face and their nose and the ugly like blemishes that these women would have but also they would have moles scars birthmarks skin tags um discover discolored patches or rough patches on their skin um insect bites were also like that could just be fucking psoriasis literally oh no i read this whole thing about lyme disease was like a constant thing that they was confused by and they thought you were a witch because you had lyme disease and you had all these marks on your body um and then as well as extra nipples (laughs) If you had an extra nipple, it was the marking of the devil and that that would basically dub you like, yep, you're it. You're done. Go to like the barracks. Go to get burned. Is this something you can like develop like when one of my freckles starts to mull out? Yeah. It's the mark of the devil. Yeah. And then I'm thinking like me who's like completely freckly. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I would be complete. I would be dead years ago. I'd be dead years ago. It's crazy. Bridget's trial lasted for only eight days before she was executed from the moment they like pulled her in and were like nope we need to question you it was eight days before she was executed and she ended up being hanged um which is crazy because that was another thing I read in patterns like it happened so like within within days you were accused of this thing and then you were dead within four to eight days it's just it's insane like the things that people were sentenced to death for for being witches were insane there was one guy that was impaled and drowned because he was it was believed that he was bewitching men and causing them to have intercourse with him like i think maybe he was, so he was just good like he was just hot i think he just really like, liked dick and other people really liked his dick and he's just a fucking witch and he's just a witch and he had to die for it there was another one that was disemboweled and fed to the pigs because he was accused of bewitching children in the the town because he was try- he, they thought he was trying to build an army to overthrow the current government. And I'm like, that sounds like a revolutionary person, potentially. Maybe not. Maybe on the total opposite. And it was like totally terrifying, like white supremacy. I don't know. Um, and then another one, which I thought was funny because this isn't necessarily good – But there was this woman was burned to death because she was accused of making people in her town sick and then earning money to heal them. 
And my thought immediately was like, so this is just so capitalism. Like pharmaceutical companies. I was going to say, so yeah, just capitalism. Like basically the world we live in right now, all the higher up rich people, that's that's what it is. Oh, in the beauty industry, all of our constant. Yeah, like, let's do all this shit these. for you that you think you need that's going to affect your health. And then we're going to also charge you to fix that later. Well, we have these crazy like witch stories in fantasy mm-hmm. and like your garden of souls and you have this sexy octopus woman oh and, i love her um you have sleeping beauty and snow white's white like the evil witch mm-hmm. you have the snow queen jealous of her beauty wizard of oz only bad witches are ugly they kill like, her sister they killed her fucking sister and she had some feelings about she's it like i'm not okay with this they killed her sister and stole her sister's shoes and then they were like why are you being a bitch about this well and i think ursula in little mermaid like she just wanted a woman to be in power she was tired of an old old white dude even like not even crazy just like in our own lifetimes of like watching the little mermaid mm-hmm. these stories whatever but then we're also like oh this is interesting and we learn a little bit about history and then we're like oh that's like kind of fucked up too but i think it's easy to forget that there are real people in the world that practice wicca and witchcraft as more of a religion outside of like the hashtag culture that we mentioned at the top of the episode and as a practice of seeking intentionality or whatever it is a real religion that people practice but as a religion it's kind of a modern concept based on ancient pagan practices pre-christian pagan practices but then actual wicca became a thing in like 1950-ish so weird because i envision wicca being so like ancient and old well that's a big part of the storyline it is a huge part of the storyline and it is rooted in old celtic traditions halloween was Samhain. This is one of the fire festivals that signified moving into the dark part of the year. Mm-hmm. And there are many traditions that we have for Halloween that were because of people's worries about fairies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm concerned about them. They're coming at you. I read this fun story about um, jack-o'-lanterns and how... There was this person that was just, like, a total prankster, but, like, annoying, but not necessarily malicious, and so neither heaven or hell would accept him, and so when he died, he ended up just kind of on earth. Oh, funny. And when he, like, went to the gates of hell, even the devil was like, well bro like i can't take you but like here's some fire lucifer's like i'll give you this but i don't want you here yeah exactly and so like he put the fire in a turnip like a carved turnip to help light his way as he like wandered around and so he started carving like jack-o'-lanterns to both light the way but also the idea of like the scary faces is to scare bad spirits away and the whole tradition of like dressing up as monsters or scary things was because Mm -hmm. you didn't want to be kidnapped by the fairies because this time of halloween is when the veil between the seen and the unseen and the living and the dead is so thin 
And so all the traditions are around like communing with ancestors and reminiscing and honoring people that came before. And if they come sit with you, then you leave them offerings and you reminisce. Do you feel, have you ever practiced trying to like contact anybody or do you ever have weird experiences? Yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, in my family's household, we would always set a place at the table for an ancestor. We would light candles and put out jack-o'-lanterns, but then as a teenager, I definitely went through more of a phase of, like, rejecting all of that and wanting to do more of the, like, Halloween costume, trick-or-treating, zombies, like, all that part of it. Um, and then in more recent times, um, my neighbor across the way enjoys putting up a Dres Mortes altar and I like to help her with that and she wants to do a really big one this year and that's been really fun um so yeah we sit with it in different ways interesting and I've had a different relationship with it all of my life because yeah so yeah I mean you could we dig more into like Samhain traditions if we want to um I think it's an interesting thread to explore if you are curious about yeah. more of the celebrating of the year and the Celtic fire festivals. I think and it's a really beautiful thing. It is, but it's exactly between the um, fall equinox and the winter solstice. And it's a very interesting time. We haven't fully gone into winter, but we're not totally out of fall. And we just, it's like that pause. It is a deep pause. And there are so many teachers um, depending on what you follow that just like really drill home the importance of like taking that pause and being like and this is a moment to pause and it's also just like pure silliness and mayhem and I love that part of it I do too there's a silliness there's a silly culture to uh, which is Halloween and we're just like ooh, how do you spot a witch blah 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 like I read this thing where it was like for kids on like how to spot a witch and they were like she's always wearing gloves and I was like shit or it's like oh they're bald but you can't tell they're bald because they're always wearing a wig and their hair's not real so you could pull on their hair but don't actually do that because they'll like hex you so just like we tell all these weird stories but then there's also people who practice it as an actual religion and they find faith and something sacred in it and then we have this more modern sense of witch hunts. Mm-hmm. A witch trial. Like, oh, it's a witch hunt. Oh, it's a witch hunt. I was going to say, especially recently. I'm talking about he who must not be named. Witch hunts are a very real thing that carries real trauma. And if you zoom out on a global level, I won't get into the numbers now but more people i think it's three times the amount of people that were killed during like the famous like witch trial times when we think of like witch hunts in the 21st century three times the amount of people from like wild witch hunt times to now of people being killed because they are being accused of witchcraft and they are having hate crimes committed against them because of accusation of being witches and it doesn't happen so much i mean i'm sure it happens in like the united states and more like western thinking but it is a real issue that harms women and children in different parts of the world and i think that's very important to understand when we have the ability to 
stand in our power and say I'm a witch and I'm gonna have my TikTok about it and I'm going to help other people step into their power we have to acknowledge that it comes with both vulnerability and responsibility because there are so many people who can't and I think for me that's like the darkest part of this conversation where you're like oh like there was this violence there's these torture devices there's like all these things that happened in ancient medieval times but in modern times real hate crimes are happening against people Mm -hmm. and I'm lucky in that I haven't had a hate crime committed against me but it's so much easier for me to be on a podcast and talk about like yeah I've been interested in the occult or witchcraft or like my interest in herbal medicine has been told more people tell me that I'm a witch than ask me if I'm a witch that's which has always fascinated me and I don't necessarily deny it and they don't want to have a conversation about it they just tell me that I'm a witch because they're like earth-based mindsets like or I have an idea for something that might help Mm -hmm. Um, because I have a relationship to these plants and these earth medicines and herbalism and for me that has so much magic I mean I would agree um but going back to our Cheeto oh god our Cheeto he actually tweeted I think the last count I had seen was over 300 times the term witch hunt and so is this just within the presidency or the 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 this is just within the presidency where like something would happen and he'd be like oh this is a witch hunt this is a witch hunt and he would say it over and over and over again um and the book that i pulled out when we went to the bookstore together this last week actually and i just showed it to you and you're like wait the witches are coming badass but it's by lindy west she's an author here in seattle and she also is the best-selling author of shrill which is like the hulu series that Mm -hmm. i haven't watched but now i'm excited about it um but the book is called the witches are coming and the premise of the book is to weave together uh the ways in which the patriarchy has tried to insert itself into the me too movement and its relationship to all of the language around patriarchy. It, it it's just like the witch hunts were a real thing witches as a term has been used to oppress mostly women and children but also some men and you mentioned the gay person i don't know their gender um, identity even i believe so i'm basing it completely off their name um but it is a real thing that has been used to harm people and the premise of this book is to highlight the ways in which our culture has tried to capture that language specifically in our cheeto era of like this is a witch hunt the last count i saw was that he had tweeted the term witch hunt over 300 times oh my god and i was like kind of laughing because you know she's Lindy is wonderful and I want to be her best friend and I would love to get a sandwich with her sometime or a margarita or whatever. Um, Bring me with you. Okay, let's go. Let's go. If she listens to this. Um, But. What's up? What? I said, what's up? 
pulling her into the circle but she's awesome she sounds cool um it's just like it's kind of a cathartic read because she gives voice to all of these things that I've like kind of half observed about like that seems kind of, like, kind of fucked up I was like is it really like just as messed up as I think it is and she's like yes and this is why we need snacks and a good movie and we're gonna sit down and we're gonna talk about it because like what the fuck yeah. anyway um one of within like the first five pages something that really stood out to me was she painted this picture of this idea of like you have this burning woman on the stake so you like you can picture like just the illustration of what that is and um if you're not an art historian she's compiled a handy reference guide to what each of the elements in this picture might be Women burning to death equal men who did nothing wrong. Men stoking the fire equal feminist third wave. Boo! Demon equal how Sharon's butt looked in those pants. The fire equals call out culture. The townspeople equals the court of public opinion. The pig equals due process. The knave, Samala Hayek, corpses, free speech, comedian, human reproduction, the legacy of Matt Lauer. Ooh, that's like poetry almost. I like had to read it three times and just be like, it so is. It so is. Fuck. And they're just like twisting it around and they're saying, fuck you. Um, this is a witch hunt. Well, they're taking the whole like, like this is all cancel culture. Yeah. So the premise of the book is like, yeah, the witches are coming. That's amazing. And Even we're just, hunting for you. Yeah. She has like a little lineup of like, oh, here's like a tweet and here's another tweet. The media is really on a witch hunt against me. False reporting and plenty of it. But we will prevail. Fake news. Total political witch hunt. And then other tweet. Witch hunt. Total witch hunt with massive conflicts of interest. Total witch hunt. A complete witch hunt. A complete witch hunt. It just like repeats it. And her point is like, so maybe he's just a witch that's like literally repeating an incantation mm-hmm. over and over and over. But also it's just like completely making hysteria around the real conversation about what's happening at a time when people are saying we're done with this yeah i mean it's the people in power are freaking out because they've had privilege for so long that equality or even just like a basic yeah equality just feels like an inequity to them because they've known nothing else it's fucked up well, and I think the term witch hunt, like, when I first seen that with the Cheeto pop up and down, like, through the time that we shared with him. Um, <laughs> but, like, hearing just that kind of, like, pattern of just the, from the media of things that he was talking about, I'm like, I hated that he was bringing it up because I feel like it invokes this history even just, like, in a small s- sector of, like, our country and, like, again, back to the Massachusetts witch trials and shit that was happening it was complete hysteria it was and it was pandemonium like people were scared everywhere you looked it was like over your shoulder was he or is that person that it are they that it like real people are being prosecuted because of accusations of witchcraft it's it's so not okay on so many levels and it's just i feel like it creates this full-on like mob mentality and it feeds into that like dark part of our psychological 
magical brain? I don't know. It's a, it's controlling people via fear and and tapping into these things that we don't even know. So terrorism? Exactly. It's full terrorism. It's like, I don't even know why I'm afraid of this. But like if you deepen in your psychology, you can find those patterns and find that map that shows to why. But it's just manipulative. It's gross. I don't like it. Also, witches. Don't talk about witches, dude. Get out of here. Well, it makes me angry. Because makes me really angry. In just like there's so much an uncertainty in our time. And I do think there is an interest in female power. And when you put a witch as the protagonist of a story, you are putting a, usually a woman, in a position where she is able to manipulate a world and affect a world that hates her Mm -hmm. i mean i know through my social upbringing and my conditioning that witches are generally conceived of as evil unless they're pretty and like i feel like he was stirring the pot and i think he the cauldron he was stirring the cauldron (laughs) Uh, yeah it just it bothers me in general i don't but why the like hell it. not? Why not take up spells and cast intentions? Oh, totally. And what is the difference between manifestation versus prayer versus a spell? There's none. What is the difference? Is it just the way in which it's practiced? Is it the intention behind it? We have so much story around all of it. And I think that there are people, as we think about like going back to like that kitchen witch and like the trending of different like witchiness in our society it's like kind of ridiculous how easy it is for me to just like find witchy things i also think it's very notable that we're again we talked about this with convenience food where one of the big trends is marketing convenience food towards like your self-care because people have an interest an increasing interest in self-care like we're driving these markets Mm -hmm. people have an increasing interest in the occult and the mysterious in these ways in which that they can hold some power themselves outside of a capitalistic here's like you buy this thing do this thing but then they have to buy the things in order to do the magic so like they're still yeah stuck in it yeah and and you that's not true for everyone like some people are literally beachcombing and like finding magical rocks and like doing fun things well and that's the thing like people will buy these kits and these like beautiful presented boxes of like rose quartz and amethyst and all these things yet you can literally just go on your local beach and pick up a rock that speaks to you and that is the same power like it's the same power it is but i think also we've been so isolated and separated from each other that we don't have the same amount of teachers being like oh what do you like about this rock and like have a conversation with somebody that's like oh it's i like really that it feels heavy I like that it feels warm it makes me think about x y and z mm-hmm. like it holds this for me like we we're not in conversation with each other about these objects anymore we just like buy it and have these pretty things right we want the amethyst the rose quartz the like well they look beautiful on a shelf in your living room like it looks beautiful yes and and I do think there's something to that because I think if it if it brings you joy, as in it's beautiful, that's fine. But also there's the more simple aspects of it too, which is it's just a rock from the beach. Like 
both you and I are like rock collectors. Like we'll go on the beach and we pick through things and we grab shells well, and, and rocks and things. and all the bones I have in my house are not exactly. things that I bought. They're things that I found. Same here. On hikes or in the wilderness. Or were gifted to me by other people that I really totally. love and care about. And they, yeah. I think it's just, it's interesting because I feel like it's been, I guess, I don't know if this is the right words, but it, it feels like it's been like appropriated via consumerism and it's not this special earth connection that you have by finding a bone that speaks to you or finding a rock or, or being really connected to a plant and then like planting it and growing it and like being with it through its lifespan. It's like, well, but you I have think to have this, this and this. craving that. They're, we're they are. craving relationships connection to each other and so we do what we can in terms of like having lots of big beautiful house plants or we don't have a yard so we set up animal sanctuaries on our little balcony and do our best to like feed and commune with totally. the, like that is a form of connection and I think it deserves the same amount of celebration yeah. and I also think that the uh, culture around being a kitchen witch can almost be it starts to exclude people because there are a lot of people that were never taught like basic cooking skills so totally. they can't um make oils in the same way or like cook a stock with intention like they're craving these kits and these things because they want the outcome that's being sold to them because it's it's marketed to their pain points of wanting connection wanting long-term power. learning power we feel so powerless right now mm-hmm. i definitely yeah feel powerless and i i have an increased sense of power when it's like well I'm going to pick these things. I'm going to do these things. Is that accessible to everyone? Absolutely not. And so these kits and I do think witch talk and all of the Pinterest like witch aesthetic is trying to like be it, it's feeding into our perfectionist mindset of like this thing like if I can just be there everything will be okay. Fucking like if you're a woman in tech or if you're a person in tech and you like like it's fucking magic to me the things that people yes. create. Oh my god yes. It's insane it's crazy it makes no sense to me no sense even music like I remember having a conversation at one point in my life where it was like we were talking about magic and defining magic and I was bringing cooking like when you take these raw things that taste this way like in its raw form but then you manipulate it and create this thing through skill sets and those fine-tuned moments of like at this exact time I'm gonna flip my steak so it's like perfect on both sides that is magic and writing a song and being able to write it and then play it on a guitar or a different instrument that is magic because you're invoking this emotion in somebody just like when we sit down we have lasagna it's like oh my god that's fucking good like I'm feeling this thing those are different ways of magic and we can see it in a more like intellectual level today than we were in like the 16th century (laughs) but um I don't know I just think it's it's the thing that got me the most into like the witch world was introducing myself to religions and different people around me at that point in my life when I was young and I remember the biggest thing was like I don't understand why like certain religions are so against witchcraft or wicca or paganism when it's I felt at a young age it was like the same thing it was just you overlay it and it's like the same fucking message praying is exactly like a spell you're setting intention you're setting this intention out into the universe for some entity whether you're praying to an entity that has a name or praying to yourself or praying to a plant or an animal like it's all the same shit at the end of the day 
when we're all just doing our best to live through the complicated human experience it's fucking sucks it's, it's hard to be a human it's, it's really hard <laughs> it's really hard sometimes some days it's easier than others but yeah i just think that spirituality should be like free just like i believe sexuality should like you should be able to do what feels right to you and um as long as it's not hurting other people around you i don't care like well and if it helps you connect to community connect to teachers like that's amazing yeah that's powerful and i think that's why people are scared because then it creates more community and more groups of people and people that oh yes a strong social fabric scares the fuck out of yeah the dominant culture are so ingrained to be social within each other like we have wear parties fucking like bonding over makeup and clothes and shopping and self-care and all this bullshit that like men don't necessarily have the exact same communities accessible to them i'm totally open to be told i'm wrong with that but i feel like women were so much more like nurtured to be like let's be together but then there's this whole also like competitiveness with women of like you're prettier than me or you're more successful or you have a better husband or you're you know whatever your home is better than mine like it's it's all bullshit but i don't know i think sometimes i wonder if that's why like the witch shit got pushed to the side for so long because it's like we don't want to encourage women helping other women how do you bring magic or witchcraft into your life right now well i definitely think i identify pretty strongly with like the kitchen witch mentality um because cooking is my form of love language it's my form of centering myself it's my therapy i oftentimes try to bring as much intention into my cooking and my meals as possible so like even on a really dumb dumb down basis like holidays like i try to bring a lot of intention in the ingredients and the symbology within the ingredients and the proteins that i'm i'm making my meal out of one thing that I've shared with you is like intention salts is like infusing salts, even intentional oils. You can infuse your own oils. Um, you, rosemary's remembrance. That's like super common practice. Um, I would say time is very like strength and courage. Um, black pepper is typically for banishing things like negative things. So if I'm like I don't know if I'm even if I'm in like a fight with my partner I'm like let's banish that away and have like a really peppered pasta <laughs> like you know what I mean um I would say beets are really grounding so anytime I'm feeling like unstable I cook with beets um I'm trying to think other things um table settings are big and I think that's something that kind of gets lost that is super witchy that like almost every household has is like even right now at your kitchen table where we are right now you have a nice beautiful fall set up and those like bring intentions into the space and I think that's like important too with like your dining table so outside of cooking I would say one thing that I bring that's very witchy into my life is in a way that's super attainable is your jewelry (laughs) so like wearing a necklace that's like a totem like a somewhat of a crystal or a symbol um, you gifted me an onyx one that was during the pandemic, which is like absorbs negative energy and like pushes you through these negative times in our lives. Yeah, talisman. Yeah. Um, another one is like rings that I will choose to wear on a daily basis isn't always necessarily on the ring 
style, but it's on the stone. I I love stones and I'm big on like crystal magic. So like today I have a rose quartz because I'm feeling I need that in my life back to balance communication and just love in general. Um, the other ring I have is a labradorite, which is very like psychic power. And I feel like with the veil thin, I'm feeling very psychic right now. (laughs) So I'm bringing that into my life. Um, trusting your intuition, trusting your instincts, I think is important. What do you bring in your daily life? That's like magic-y. Like, would you, I know cooking for sure. Cooking for sure. I would say a big one is a state of presence yeah and one of the reasons that I love working on a small farm pretty consistently is because it offers me a state of presence in my mind that I'm able to take to other parts of my life like when I'm out there the other day, I can't remember if I was picking beets or radishes. Doesn't matter. But I was across from my um, coworker, and all of a sudden she was like, oh my god, look up. And this massive bald eagle flew within, uh, I would say, 12 feet above me, like right over my head. And I could like feel the wind off of its wings when it did this and I remember looking up and being like you're so magical and I couldn't decide if I really wanted it to shit on me and what kind of omen that would be or like if I would be like totally just like I mean I would be grossed out and like afraid of getting pink eye but like (laughs) fair um I was just like wow you're so magical and you make the dorkiest sound like as you're really struggling to fly right now bud like I don't know it just you're out in the weather you're experiencing the seasons and that connection to seasonality is something that helps me feel rooted in place but also rooted in where some of those ideas around celebrating the wheel of the year celebrating where we're at in like ancient celtic pagan like pre-wicca totally witchiness it helps me stay grounded and just like this is where we're at this is what's actually happening in the world and I notice climate change differently I notice taste differently I notice um pure magic of life and death every day like there's a lot of life on farms but there's a lot of death on farms like you can't have one without the other and it's almost it is almost a spiritual practice for me when I have to face both and cyclical living I think that's where I bring the most magic into my life I think it all boils maybe that makes me a witch I don't know maybe um I think it all boils down to I I don't remember exactly when but I had a light bulb moment thinking about my spirituality and like what I'm drawn to and it's all boils down to intentionality and I think your intention is so important when no matter what you're doing whether it's like pulling those beats out of the ground like the intention that you are giving to that and the emotion that you're providing to that experience like will trail off and chain itself to that person that buys those beats and does whatever they do with them and I think for me working in like a restaurant when I'm prepping food 
I try to have for like good intention and good attitude and like the the mood is really high because I think we we throw this around a lot but I think it's tried and true in terms of like my spirituality is like things that are cooked with love is really noticed and felt whether it's subconscious or um not like so when I'm really upset and angry and I cook the same thing every single day like and I'm angry one day like you can tell the difference in the in the product even if I like the cuts are good the like skill sets are good it was reduced to the point it needed to be reduced like whatnot it's still you can tell there's like this deadness in the meal okay I have one more for you what's that is it another joke it's for the listeners that can't tell their voices apart. Ooh, there's quite a few of them out there. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea. How much we sound like it's How a bit absurd. How much we like it's a bit absurd. Hey, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> What's the problem with twin witches? <laughs> what? You can never tell which is which. Oh. <laughs> That's so perfect. That's the biggest feedback I get from, like, almost everybody that I know. Even when they don't know you, they're like, oh, my God, you guys sound so alike. I'm told I'm raspier than you. I definitely feel like I'm more shrill than you. Ugh, it's a patriarchy again. But I also definitely, like, yeah, man, like, I just, like, try to talk and then I'm like, wah! <laughs> so, <laughs> it's cool. Well, there you go. That's the wrap. You can't tell which is which. Which is which. Who, which, which, you're a bitch. I don't know. Thank you for being here today, Kamea. It was great talking to you. How do I pause it? Oh, fuck. You tell me. You're fuck. the tech. God damn it. You're the tech. Thank you for listening. Your time is a gift, and we really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this conversation, please follow, share, and rate this podcast. It makes a really big difference and helps us reach more folks that want to digest their relationship to food. You can connect with me, Rose, on Instagram at culinaryherbalism. And me, Kamea, at tasty, salty, real. Next up, go make me a sandwich, bitch. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs>